Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. We're grateful that you've chosen to join us today. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm your host, coming to you live from the studios at Grace FM in Colorado, Aurora, Colorado. Uh, Grace FM is a ministry outreach of Calvary Church here in Aurora, and Calvary Live is live throughout Colorado, portions of uh, Wyoming, Nebraska, and everyone listening online. And of course, we want to welcome our our stations, our network stations, Radio by Grace, uh, Hope FM, Truth FM, um, our friends in Boise, Idaho, Higher Rock Radio, and again, you guys know by now it's been a week. We're live on the Radio by Grace network, so you guys listening in can dial straight in, 303-690-3000. Really, anyone listening anywhere can dial while it's on the air, and you'll talk to a live host. We'll answer your question, pray with you, encourage you in the Lord, and then uh, you can listen to your program. Uh, you can listen to yourself on the radio uh, later next week. Except for Radio by Grace and Grace FM, you can listen live. That's it. You're live. So here's the number, 303-690-3000. That's the number to dial, 303-690-3000. Or you can text me, 720-336-0897. Those are dedicated phone numbers. The text line is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for your prayer requests. Uh, so you can send them in. We'll we'll copy them, send them to our prayer team. We'll be praying over them and praying for you. Something we started in the, during the pandemic, and we are just keeping it going. So that's a 24-hour prayer line. It's also a, a connection point. You can text right now, 720-336-0897. Get to my inbox right here. I, I'll read it. If I have time, I can address it. And uh, just a, a reminder for Calvary Live, we're not your typical Bible answer show. Uh, and so if you, you know, our screeners are, are going to factor out those argumentative questions, those things that uh, might be more suited on another program. Um, our program is pastoral. Uh, we want to talk about the things of the Lord for sure, but we don't want to argue, uh, don't want to debate. Uh, we won't actually argue or debate. Uh, we have enough division and difficulty already. But we will encourage and exhort and talk about the things of the Lord together, uh, and we love to do that. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. So I got a question yesterday uh, that, uh, you know, I I stopped. I answered it partially. First, I stopped to say, hey, you know, good question. I had to think about it. And then I'm like, well, I better not answer it. I'll wait. And then I thought about it a little bit. And the question was, is there death in the millennial period? And the answer is Yes. Any unbelievers uh, in the millennial period can die. Yes, there can be death in the millennial period. 
because death in Hades is not uh, completely done away with until the great white throne judgment. Uh, so yes, um, I I don't know. I was trying to describe to somebody at church last night uh, when you're doing the show because we we host our own show, right? So there's only one person in the studio uh, and and then there's one host. So you've got your call screen open. You've got your screen for the text messages open. You've got your Bible open. You've got your Bible program. You're reading, talking, answering all at the same time. And um, usually the hosts do really well at that. And usually we do. But sometimes you get so jumbled up in your head like I did yesterday that I got... Um, tripped up on a softball question. Uh, And um, so, yeah, it's really good that way, isn't it? Because the Lord keeps you humble, keeps you in a place of dependence, keeps you in a place of learning. And those are all wonderful places. 303-690-3000. We're going to go over to Arkansas now in Hot Springs. Uh, Margie, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. You're on the air. Uh, so my question is, in the book of Matthew, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he tells them, some of you standing here will not taste death before you see me coming. Yes. And obviously all the disciples died, and he still hasn't came back yet. But John, the same John in the book of Revelations, he saw everything, and he was told to write it down. And I took it as a really, I, I thought it was awesome, but some people, when I tell them, they say, oh, I don't think it means that. So now I'm just wondering if I read that wrong. But, I mean, that's what I thought it it meant. But I would just be interested to hear what you have to say about that. Well, in Mark, or excuse me, Matthew six sixteen verse 27, it says, For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he'll reward each one according to his works. And then he says, Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Then the very next verse, you know, there are no verse breaks but uh, or chapter breaks in the original uh, manuscripts, uh, in the original writings. But for us, we have those to help us find different places. So chapter 17, verse 1 says, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And so many people believe that verse 28 is actually, Jesus is actually predicting this event that they're going to experience of him being in glory, having a glimpse of his power and glory in his kingdom at his transfiguration, where Peter and James and John... um, were the only ones that got to experience it personally. Okay. I can see that. All right. I appreciate your help. You're welcome. Great question. Thanks for calling. Have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, and one of the ways that, uh, well, well, the way we have been trained to study the Bible uh, is exactly where... uh, some of these questions will help you see how you are already on the pathway of studying the Bible. It's called the inductive Bible study method, and it has three parts to it. Part number one, or step number one, is observation, where you make good observations of the text. And the question here from Margie was just that, observations on the text. <clears throat> step number two is the interpretation of the text. 
And the way that you, you come to the proper interpretation is by asking key questions and coming to the answer to those questions in context. What does the Bible say in context? And remember, the, the uh, interpretation of a text, there's only one. There's not two or five. Not, it's not yours and not mine. Uh, there's only one correct interpretation. And then if you, once you have the correct interpretation, then you step forward and apply the text. And you're able to use it in your life. So these questions, um, as you're looking at the Bible, you're observing it. And when you ask a question, you're helping to interpret it. Uh, and there's a great resource I want to recommend to you. Uh, and you can get it on our bookstore or anywhere where you get books. But on our bookstore at calvaryco.store. CO stands for Colorado. Calvaryco.store. Uh, it is called How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It by Pastor Skip Heitzig. How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It. It's a very basic yet thorough introduction to inductive Bible study. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Pearl is calling from Denver. Pearl, welcome to the program. Hey, Pearl, you're on the air. I'm sorry, Pearl, you dropped, but you were asking for prayer for your family, your son and your dad, um, bipolar, COVID. Uh, So, Father, I pray for Pearl's family, uh, for her dad and her son. Son is bipolar and dad's dealing with COVID and the complications with COVID. We pray for healing in the mind, healing in the body. I pray for a supernatural strength for Pearl as she serves her family. And we lift this family to you. We come in obedience to the throne room of grace to find help in time of need. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We've got a prayer request from a brother in our own church, Pat Berry, uh, who recently had a liver transplant and now has COVID. Uh, And so I I got an update on Pat today uh, from Pastor Everett, and I see the text that came through here that came through late last night. Uh, So let's pray for Pat. Uh, Father, we do pray that you would strengthen our brother Pat with all the the recovery from his surgery, uh, from the now COVID virus that's gone into his body. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would touch him and heal him. Um, God, that you would strengthen him uh, and bring him back healthy and bring him back strong in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, bring him back healthy, bring him back strong. I love that. That just came to mind. I love it. 303-690-3000 is your number. 303-690-3000. Had a great time in uh, Bible study last night. We're, We're almost done with the book of Jude. As a matter of fact, if the Lord allows, next Wednesday... Uh, will be the f- completion of the book of Jude on a wonderful study that I was looking at. I put together and I was re-looking at it today uh, to keep yourselves in the love of God with everything going on around you, with all the chaos and confusion. Uh, for Jude in his day where all the false teachers, all the people uh, taking advantage, uh, he says, but for, but for you, you keep yourselves in the love of God. Not that you would <clears throat> have... Uh, you know, not that you would lose love or that you would lose your salvation or anything like that, but keep yourself in a place where you're 
enjoying and protected by the love of God. Uh, there's no need to be outside of that, but rather stay in the love of God. Um, stay in a place of enjoying it. <clears throat> stay in a place where, uh, you know, re- remain in a place where you will be able to um, grow and enjoy the love of God. Jesus would put it this way. He'd say, abide in me and I'll abide in you. As the the, um, fruit cannot bear, uh, the vine cannot bear fruit, the branch cannot bear fruit unless it's in the vine. Uh, Great encouraging words. All right, wherever you're listening, Radio by Grace, Hope FM, Truth FM, uh, Higher Rock, Grace FM, wherever stations you're listening to this on, uh, give me a call. We have lines that are open, 303-690-3000. And this is a great time in this pause just to remind you, especially around the holidays and looking at year-end giving, um, support local Christian radio. Uh, We're asking unapologetically for you to support the station you're listening to this on. So it's important that you understand that the type of Christian radio you're listening to do right now is rare. Uh, most stations are used commercially. Most stations are not committed to the daily systematic teaching of God's word verse by verse. But you've happened to, to come to a station that is committed to the teaching of God's word, and it is owned by a church uh, so that you can support the ongoing efforts For example, you guys listening here in Colorado, you're listening to Grace FM. So I'm asking you to go to gracefm.com and support us. Put in a regular support, put a monthly uh, gift or a one-time gift at the end of the year or whatever it might be that uh, you can partner with us in getting out the gospel. But that's true for every other station, radiobygrace.com, hopefm.net, truthfm.net, and the Calvary Chapel in Meridian, uh, I think it's Higher Rock uh, Radio, um, but we'll just have to, uh, it is higherrockradio.org. And I'll continue to ask because I know and I see the bills coming through uh, for our church. I see the checks being um, written, Uh, it is written, signed and written, uh, coming out of our church. Uh, And some of these radio networks are larger than ours, so they have bigger bills than we do. So uh, just support them. Support them and support them, support them, because somewhere down the line at the Bema seat, you'll be surprised how many lives were changed by the commitment of your of the church that owns the station you're listening to right now. Uh, So, whoever you're listening to, please take the time uh, by the end of the year. Make a again, you can commit monthly. Uh, It'll be a blessing. It'll be encouragement, and uh, we'll receive it and use it unto God's glory. Loveland, Colorado. Justin's on the line. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. Take my call. Um, What's up? So, so I guess I'm just kind of, I don't know if it's quite a question, but kind of like how to, I guess, rest in God's promises more, but just kind of reading through the Psalms, um, something that keeps like, to me, um, I can't remember what Psalm it is, but it says, stop being angry. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. And then, mm-hmm. Um, I think it's in the Proverbs that says, clean fools vent their anger. And then I think it's also in the Proverbs that says, hiding hate liar. And so I don't like, navigate, like, not being angry and, like, 
um, not hiding hatred, I guess, and like being a liar. And I don't know, like I, it's definitely encouraging to like read, like there's multiple Psalms where it's like, you know, like Psalm 73, for example, like just rest in the promises of God. Cause like he's got it, you know, like, Oh, no, I, I think on, you but... dropped. There you go. You're back. Uh, you dropped off for a little bit there. But, uh, you know, anger is um, anger is a, an emotion that God has given to us uh, that can be useful uh, in, in living out our life for the kingdom of God. You know, I think that evil, wickedness draws out even God's anger. Um, you know, the Bible speaks of in Proverbs chapter 6, God's even hatred toward those who sow seeds of discord. So there's a there's a opposition that comes with this particular emotion. We know the Bible says that we can be angry and not sin. Uh, and I certainly can think of a lot of justifications, you know, justified places that anger can be used. However, you know, it's one of those emotions like fire that can be out of control and can be misdirected and can easily lead you know, I think of uh, in Galatians, it talks about um, outbursts of wrath as a work of the flesh. And outbursts of wrath, I think, always begin with this little seed of anger. And, you know, this is something that's that's close to my heart because before I was saved, I had I had a serious anger issue um, before I was saved. I, I was a very angry person. Um, not even understanding why. And so now as a believer, it's it's like alcohol. I want to be as far away from anger as possible. Uh, I, I don't want to entertain it. I don't want to fan it into flame. Uh, I want to repent of any sinful anger that comes. I, I want to have, I think it was D.L. Moody that said, I want to just have short accounts, short accounts. And one of the ways around anger is forgiveness. That's one of the antidotes to anger. Anger is usually a emotion that's expressed when you feel wronged or you see a perceived wrong and you want to make it right. You're upset at injustice. You're upset at something that's unfair. Uh, you're upset that, um, again, there, there's a, a variety of different things that would, <clears throat> that would uh, trigger it, but anger is, is usually... Um, expressed because of an unfairness and the way that the way that we get around unfairness uh is that we we forgive uh forgiveness holds the line on bitterness on frustration bitterness uh roots of bitterness anger you remember what jesus uh what jesus said uh, when he even described in matthew 5 he he talked about um how anger can lead to murder, uh, murder in the heart and murder in, in deed as well. Um, he says in Matthew five twenty two or 21, he says, you've heard it that it was said of those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I'm telling you that whoever's angry with his brother without a cause shall be danger of the judgment. Then who, then it's a, then the next one, whoever says to his brother Raka, which is basically fool, you know, ascribing foolishness or idiocy to someone. You know, when you call someone an idiot or a fool, you can be in danger of the council. And then, of course, he says, anyone who says you're a fool shall be in danger of hellfire. And and so the antidote is walking in the spirit, and walking in the spirit leads 
to a life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, that's really self-control is the antidote to anger as well and the self-control of the Holy Spirit. Um, but forgiveness is a big key when it comes to anger, especially with other, at, especially toward other people. Cool. Uh, well, thank you. That is that's helpful. So thank you. I I did a series. Um, I did. I have a couple tools if it'll help you, Justin. If you want to email me, but I did a series. I don't know a couple years ago, uh, and then I started traveling with this message when I was going to other when, as I go to other churches. The series is on the on our app and website. I think it's called "Being Free from Your Past," um, and we talked a lot about condemnation. I mean, all of these things are tied together: forgiveness, condemnation, how to deal with your anger. Uh, I did it specifically. I can't find my notes right now, um, but I know I did it. Um, I'll have to find it during the break. Um, but if you email me, I'll definitely I have these links set up for you. And I can just send them to you, especially on forgiveness, because you'd be surprised. What a relief. Uh, here it is. It's 2019, um, free from your past. And I taught a Bible study, the freedom uh, that forgiveness gives. And then I taught a Bible study, how do I deal with my anger? Ooh, how about that? That's like the whole answer to your question. How do I deal with yeah. my anger? <laughs> For sure. Um, right on. Well, yeah, I'll... Uh... I can probably look on the website or I'll, I'll email you too. And, and thanks for that resource. I appreciate it. Okay, bro. God bless you. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, I was putting together a Bible study too for today, uh, today for the new year. Uh, the new year study, the word that we're, we're walking in. I know it now. I didn't even know it last night, but I know it now. The word that we're walking into 2022 is peace. Uh, that that's it. And the studies on being a peacemaker, a friend of mine uh, taught a Bible study on peacemaking at a conference that I, that we watched as a staff. And then I, I, I emailed him. I said, Hey bro, you, you stirred up so many thoughts in my mind. Can I use some of the ideas that you shared? And he goes, yes. So I started putting together a, a message today with some of the things that he brought up uh, in his Bible study on peacemaking. And, you know, one of the things that he draw he does draw out is you know the this passage in don't murder raka good for nothing when you do that you diminish demonize and dehumanize um i mean think about that when you call names when you look down at someone when you respond racially uh as a in your prejudice when you respond politically in prejudice you diminish someone's value you dehumanize them uh, and then you demonize them. <clears throat> and Jesus says, don't do that. Don't do that. That's murder in your heart. Um, but I know that God has brought me so far. I'm a, I'm a walking testimony. God is, has brought me so far uh, in light of anger. I'm so grateful. Uh, it's not that I don't get angry anymore. I certainly do. Um, the other day I even uh, took, uh, last week as a matter of fact, I took a drive I was just so frustrated with technology. Um, and then really it's inanimate, right? What I'm mad, I'm mad at my router. <laughs> it's like, but I was so frustrated uh, and I just needed to take a drive. Uh, and I did. I just took a drive, started breathing, rolled down the window, let some fresh air, you know, gain perspective, right? It's an, inanimate, an inanimate object uh, and it's, 
it is it is what it is what it is it's it's ultimately it's not that big a deal however it did frustrate me and you know i got uh and it was for the show uh, you know some of you guys know we wanted to launch it was for the show uh, and you got kevin working hard over there we're working over here i'm looking at every and i'm just like you know <sighs> and then we and i just took a drive and i'm fine um and i've learned not to act on it i've learned i'm learning i mean i'm not perfect at it but like it dissipated within about an hour um, and I think somebody even called me, uh, during that time. And I was like, yeah, I just taking a drive. I just need some fresh air. Um, and, and so I think that not acting on it. And then I want to review these notes. Uh, it's been a while since I taught this study, but how do I deal with my anger? Um, at what, that's an appropriate study. I have to look at my notes, but the uh, series that I did is free from our past. Uh, free from our past. Super good. 303-690-3000 is the number. We have open lines no matter where you are. Give me a call. Hope FM, Truth FM, Radio by Grace here in Colorado. Uh, would love to hear from you. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303 is the number taking your calls and your questions somebody's asking uh did jesus quote from an apocryphal book i can't think of any quote of an apocryphal book from jesus just off the top of my head um but is there a particular hermeneutical approach uh you recommend when studying these books yeah they're historical books they're not inspired the hermeneutical approach to reading an apocryphal book is to read them um, as non-inspired books. So they have no spiritual authority. Um, they uh, can be in the realm of, of history. They would be considered a literary work written in a particular time period, but they, they have no spiritual bearing, uh, no spiritual uh, authority so the hermeneutic, I believe, that you would use with an apocryphal book is just that. You would read it for what it is and make sure not to read it for what it is not. And uh, I think that uh, it would be it, what would be required to understand it is a good grasp of, I mean, you would still look at words, you would still look at context of sentence structures, um, but you would also have to look historically in the time frame that it was written, you know, and that's... That to understand what was being said and whether what was being said is accurate uh, in its uh, in its statement. So I'm going to think a little bit though about your first um, your first question about Jesus alluding to them. Um, if Jesus quotes uh, an apocryphal book, um, let, let's fast forward to Jude. We know that Jude quotes uh, Enoch. We know that. We don't have any writings from Enoch, although there's a spurious work uh, that known today as the Book of Enoch. Um, but the at the time Jude quotes it, I mean, we looked at this last night, and I spent a little bit of time explaining it when Jude quotes from Enoch, and he says uh, Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied, and he said this, and then verses fourteen and fifteen in Jude have a direct quote from Enoch. If Jesus does quote. It is inspired for the very fact that it is being quoted or being used like Enoch. So we know that Enoch prophesied, and we know he said this, and we know it's inspired of God because it was inspired in the writings of Jude. 
Um, it does not lead credence to any other writing that are uh, that are attributed to Enoch, um, but rather just this sentence. Uh, so, good question. I'll have to I'll, I'll have to do a little research on that, but because nothing really comes up. But Jude in chapter one quotes and and speak and speaks to uh, Enoch prophesying, and what he quotes Enoch in saying is absolutely one hundred percent inspired because it's inspired in the writings of Jude. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 on an open line. Take it when you can. We're coming up on our first break. Just want to say, read this note. It says, I sent a prayer request last week for my daughter-in-law's parents who have COVID and now her father's passed away. So would you please pray for her mom and her whole family? We're going to do that at the top of the, right after the break. You're listening to Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. You're tuned in. If you just joined us, it's Calvary Live. You're tuned in to a live broadcast from the studios here at Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado, Grace FM is a ministry outreach of Calvary Church in Colorado, Calvary Chapel Ministry. You're listening to this program on Radio by Grace. Welcome, everyone. You guys are live. You're also listening on Hope FM and Truth FM and Higher Rock Radio. And you guys are listening to this on a one-week delay. Um, But no matter, whenever you hear the program, you can call while it's on. Unless it is an encore, you'll talk to the host. We'll pray. We'll talk. We'll answer. And together we'll grow in God's grace. So we had a prayer request just before came in through text. Our text line is 720-336-0897. I sent a prayer request last week for my daughter-in-law's parents who have COVID. Um, and unfortunately, her dad had passed away. So there's asking prayer for mom and the whole family for healing, especially with uh, the holidays. And it's true. Uh, those that are grieving... Those that are grieving new, uh, we have quite a few new grieving families in our church, or those are grieving repetitively, um, or even like this family around the holidays is super hard. Um, I even saw uh, Marie put up the ornament uh, with our son's picture up on the tree today, just so prominent, such a handsome guy, man. Man, he's missed. Unbelievable. Um, So I pray for this family, Lord. I know that such a sudden, tragic um, loss is very painful and hurting, hurtful. So I pray for um, the daughter-in-law. I pray for mom. I pray for the whole family. Just pain shared uh, is is easier, but not it. It doesn't diminish. It's it's easier, but it's still hard. Uh, and so I pray that you would um, bring comfort. You're the word of. You're the God of all comfort, and who comforts us in all our tribulation. And uh, even as I was reading in Isaiah not too long ago, um, you declared comfort, comfort to your people. Uh, and that's what we declare. Uh, we declare comfort, comfort to your people. Uh, the kind of comfort that uh, only you can uh, provide. Uh, only you are able to give. 
It says in uh, Isaiah 40, comfort, yes, comfort my people. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended and her iniquity is pardoned and she's received from the Lord's hand. And so I, I pray God for comfort into this family in Jesus' name. Amen. Very sorry, guys. Stinks so bad. All right, let's see. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines now. They're all full. Wani is calling from Strasbourg. Uh, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call, Pastor. You're welcome. I want to say how much I appreciate the ministry of your radio station and of your church, and, and just you, your ministry means so much to so many of us. Um, Thank you. I'm going to be visiting a very dear friend who um, is a follower of Christ. Um, several years ago, her husband deconstructed his faith and is no longer a follower of Christ. And she has um, three grandchildren, two of which who are really in a crisis with gender identity. Um, the daughter, her granddaughter, um, now goes by Kai, is binding herself. And my friend is even referring to Kai as a he. I'm going to be visiting, and I would, am okay with honoring her and calling her Kai, but I yes. feel very, very, very uncomfortable referring to Kai as a he because she's deceived, and I know she's yes. hurting. Um, my granddaughter by marriage... Um, also, she wants to be called an it. Um, we do call her Lil instead of Lily, sure. but she's, she tried to commit suicide. So mm. we know that she's hurting a lot, my, my granddaughter by marriage. I know that. Um, so just, you know, how do we handle that with love, with Jesus' compassion, and not cross the line of what we know is truth? I mean, that's the essence of the direction, right? We, we have a line. Um, we're going to go as far as we can without um, spiritual compromise, without biblical compromise. We're, we're going to um, express our care and concern by speaking the truth and love where needed and uh, making sure that both elements are included, truth and love. I personally, uh, as this question keeps coming up more and more, I personally know that the line that's drawn for me is I, I'm not going to address someone um, in relation to their identity, um, you know, their gender identity as something that they are not, um, no matter how they choose to identify. I mean, if we put it into another, um, you know, they put it into another category that's easier and you go, well, I identify as a thief, so I just want you to call me a thief. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I won't do that. You're, you're not stealing right now and I'm not going to enter into your make-believe world um, and agree with the deception and the lies that you are. So I think one of the, so I, I you know, thinking this through uh, and, and dealing with a lot of difficult situations at church, you know, and difficult, um, uh, difficult people, difficult situations, I, I, I just try not to lead with the obvious. Like I try not, I try not, I know I'm going to get there eventually, but I want to spend some time planting seeds and watering seeds before we have to get there. Um, and so I want to validate the person. I want to talk about other things. I want to talk about their life. I want to talk about what they've been reading, what they've been watching, what they, you know, I, I want to go, I don't want to go where, I don't want them to take me 
uh, to the place where it's obviously a dead end and it's not going to end well because um, we already know we don't agree. Uh, we already know they already know that, you know, and depending on the environment, I don't want to I don't like to lead with things that I just know are 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 going to be very uh, inflammatory. Um, so prayerfully, carefully, I think of Jesus, you know, when his instruction to his disciples, when he sent them out, he says, don't, when they bring you before councils, don't worry about what you're going to say, because the Holy Spirit's going to give you the words that you need in that moment. And so I can walk in and be faithful, but it, you know, we have to be ready, right? It is uncomfortable, uh, extremely uncomfortable. Uh, it is awkward. It is new, you know, so because it's new, um, there, there poses some challenges there. Um, but I'm with you. I, I can, I can go with them on their, on their name. Um, and I can go with them even if they, um, you know, want to, uh, talk about their, de- their path of deconstruction or how they got there. You know, I just want to validate. It's kind of what, uh, we were, what we were sharing a little bit earlier you know, on the negative side, uh, when Jesus talked about Raqqa and how I, I, I don't want to dehumanize them and I don't want to demonize them uh, and I, I don't want to diminish them, but I don't want to tell them lies either. I'm, I'm not going to participate in their lies. I know that. Um, but Jesus was around a lot of sinners without participating in their lies. Um, so if he could do it, we're abiding in Christ. Somehow we're going to be able to do it. Um, I think we just have to be open to wanting. I think there's a necessity of, of being open and ready and not being disappointed or condemning ourselves if it doesn't go well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, if it doesn't go well, we're dealing with sin, right? Think about that woman yeah. caught in the midst of adultery. It, we know it went well. We know it ended well. But what, let's just say she, she t- told Jesus, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing this. You you know, you don't mean anything to me. I don't care. This is how I make a living. You know, it could have it could have not ended well in the presence of you know, like when the rich young ruler walked away. It didn't end well. Yeah. Well, thank you. I just it's such a hard situation to be in. You want to love them. I do love my granddaughter, but you know, and for me, it's very easy because I always call people dear ones. So yes, that's that's a good <laughs> so, one. You know. Yeah. So that's what I'll, but I know it's going to be awkward for John and Amanda because um, my other son and daughter in love, they just keep referring to they and it. And we're like a little bit confused because there's more than one child. Like, okay. Yeah. But all right. Thank you so very much and have a blessed Christmas. You're welcome. Bye bye. Yeah, this has come up. I, I actually I even got some angry email on this, uh, this very thing. Um, how could you call them their name and how, how that's lying and deception. And, um, and, um, I know other people stand differently on this. I, I, I am not going to enter into lies or deception with anybody. Um, if they ask me to call them a name, I mean, I'm gonna call them a name if I can, if I can't, I won't. Um, but a friend of mine, he, he has a, he, I picked up a principle from him. Uh, I heard it in a Bible study. Uh, that he shared. I think he might have shared at our church, but I don't remember. But he goes, you know, my conversations are to earn the second conversation. And, and I'm probably misquoting him, but that's how I picked it up where, you know, I want to earn the, I want to earn respect. I want to earn trust because I want a relationship with this person. I'm not trying to convert them. I'm not trying to, 
uh, you know, convince them or, or, I mean, I guess I am trying to convince them, but I'm trying to do it in love and trust, not like force them to believe, I guess is a better word. So I, I want a second conversation or a third conversation, um, so that I will, um, you know, I'll be able to understand and grow, um, and, and value them if they choose sin, it breaks my heart, but they can choose sin. I did for many years too. Uh, and you know, you suffer the consequences, which are heartbreaking. All right, let's head over to Florida now. Uh, Delray, Florida. I don't see a name there. So just you're on the air. If you're in Delray, Joe. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hello. Can you hear me? You, yeah, I can. Joe, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Um, I'm going to try to spit this out. Um, grew up in a church home, Christian school, the whole nine yards. And recently, I'd say probably eight years ago, I started backsliding more. And one of the reasons, if you can call it a reason, was some of the stuff that I can't answer, and I didn't want to ask anybody because I didn't want to, like, mess up their thoughts or lead them away. But I kind of find it hard to swallow that God wants us to believe in him, believe in Jesus. Now it's a twofold thing here. When he creates someone and knows from the beginning, from the end, they're never going to accept Jesus and wind up going to hell. The second thing is, is that... Well, before we get to the second thing... Free will. Let, let, before we get to the second thing, let's not muddy the waters. So the, the first part of your concern is... You're that go ahead and clarify that first part again, then let's speak to that first. Okay, so if you know the beginning from the end and you know yes. everything, you know mm -hmm. that Joe Blow is going to accept Jesus before he dies, right. and this other guy isn't. Okay, now I understand it's free will, and God wants us to be able to choose to love Him, but um, I just have a hard plot, uh, thing with this guy being created knowing full well he's never going to accept Christ and going to burn in hell. Well, definitely. So let's think, let's talk out loud about that for a second, right? Because it would definitely be a heavy thing if you and I, Joe, had foreknowledge, right? Wouldn't it? Don't you? I think the one thing you're describing is the heaviness of knowing all things. And, right. and it reminds me, I'm glad that I don't know all things. However, if I do have foreknowledge over something, does that really does foreknowledge really diminish love is do you consider the ability to know something or know all things diminish love but is love creating a being and then torturing them for a billion years well in creating a being with the opportunity um like creating someone know with with the the desire to enjoy life to enjoy the hundred years that they're on the earth. Uh, no one, no one, any, there's nowhere anywhere. So when you describe the character and nature of God, we have to, gra we have to grasp that from the Bible. There's nowhere anywhere that God, that the Bible ever says that anyone was created for hell that has no opportunity. So in describing the foreknowledge of God, that doesn't necessarily equal that you know, Joe Blow was created with no opportunity. Everyone that oh, yeah, will 100%. experience, 
everyone that will experience eternal damnation will have chosen that path for themselves. Right. So, so yeah, you, I see a little bit of dilemma that you have where, um, man, how is it that, how is it that God, uh, could allow the creation account to happen as it is to know that there will be people eternally damned. But that, that's the focus. You know, if we look at that, then then nothing good could, if without eternal damnation, there's no eternal life. Like they both hold, they're, they're both held together in tension. Um, they, they are two truths that are held together in tension. And the reality is, is that whoever believes on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. And so whoever doesn't believe, they're already under condemnation, Jesus said. So I know it'd be hard for you and I because we're, we're limited in our understanding, um, but it's not for God. Well, that leads kind of into my second point then. Yes. Okay, go um, ahead. The second point is, once again, if you know everything, you created um, the devil. You knew he was going to fall. And then... You want people to believe in you and respect what Jesus did dying on the cross when you didn't even have to do this. You basically let Jesus die on the cross for, for you, you know, when you knew this was going to happen. And then secondly, how many people would actually be Christians then if the choice was heaven or just cease to exist? How many people are yeah, choosing you know, heaven it's... simply because they don't want to burn? So what you're what you're wrestling with right now, and I think we all do, are what are, what's known as philosophical questions. Um, they're not biblical questions; they're philosophical. You know, why would why would why would a God? Why would a God? And and so our answers, you know, when we answer, we attempt to answer these questions, we have to be reminded that God's ways are not our ways. And even as we try to compartmentalize them and what we might do as humans, you know, they're philosophy because. The, the biblical answers is this is how it's laid out. Uh, we don't fully have the answers of the eternal purposes of God, although we know we know the eternal purpose of God uh, in the garden for humanity. He he finishes creation and he he declares it good. And after the finish of creation, there is beautiful, um, and we don't know for how long. Uh, but beautiful, wonderful relationship and fellowship between Adam and Eve and also between Adam and Eve and God uh, prior to their sinful choices. Uh, so we know that the we know the eternal purpose of God is good. Uh, we know the eternal purpose of God is relationship and and fellowship and and yet with love without or, or love without choice, uh, isn't real love at all. So Adam and Eve enjoyed real love because they forsook temptation and sin for the time being. They they chose not to sin. They chose to enjoy. They, they had a focus of their life toward God. Um, if they were forced to do that, let's just say, you know, again, philosophically, let's say they were forced to do that hypothetically, then uh, what kind of love is that? Um, and so there are consequences um, I think there's a book um, by Norm Geisler on, I think he titled it Biblical Philosophy or the philosophy, uh, Introduction to Philosophy, maybe. That might be a great resource for you because he really dives into the thinking pattern that you're on right now. Um, and 
and some of the questions can be answered. Some of the, you know, Geisler does a great job. He's a, he's in heaven now, but he's a phenomenal modern day um, apologist and Christian philosopher that really helps crystallize answers to some of the questions that you're asking. Um, but again, like any relationship, you know, think about the love relationships that you have in your life right now. Would it really be love if it was forced? You're saying that there was true love before the devil was introduced into into the Garden of Eden? Yes, absolutely. The true okay, love so within the have, Trinity, yeah, and within the persons of the Trinity, you bet. Then you have true love without the element of evil introduced. <clears throat> right. You do. I know. You see what I'm saying? I, I eat my own mind up. Well, I mean, but but again, you have to just, you, you're accurate in saying that, but then there was a creative act, and and God now now shares that love. It's kind of like um, a husband and a wife having a child. Was there true love before the child? Yes. Is it a different love after the child? Oh, yeah. It's There's a, another layer to that love. But yeah, no, I do understand. I, I'm a... I'm a similar thinker, although it's been many years since I've been stirring up in those thoughts, because over the years, um, I just recognize there are some things that if I don't set them aside, and I think your phrase is good, they'll just eat my mind up. However, there are other people that live in this realm. Like Again, um, I would encourage you to go wherever you pick up books and see. uh, You'll probably have to get it used wherever you get used books. I think it's Introduction to Christian Philosophy or Something Philosophy with Norm Geisler, G-E-I-S-L-E-R. Um, that may be a great help to you in just ministering to you how your mind thinks. You know, it's a good mind. It's good that you ask these questions. It's what what we yeah, just have to be careful of. Because I don't want, you know, someone that is teetering to hear me with these things that I'm thinking and then go, well, yeah, screw that. Well, that's true, but but I think that most of it's in your in most of it most of it is is genuine, sincere concern, but it's it's outside of the scriptures, right? Because what we have to learn to do is submit our questions to the Bible and let the Bible say what it says. That that's the best way to handle the scriptures. Not to and, and if we do have a serious question and the Bible can't answer it, then we just set it aside. It's a serious question. We're not going to dismiss it. We're not going to pretend we don't have it, but we're going to set it aside. We're going to spend most of our time letting the Bible say what it says, let the facts saturate our hearts. And then I do think, I mean, there are men that are have been phenomenal writers and authors and that 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 work that have their mind work in the same realm your does, yours does. So it's not a bad thing. But it is, it's like you just said, you don't want your mind to be eaten up, right? You you want to take every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. Um, but, you know, we need biblical thinkers like you. Um, but understand, Job did the same thing. Remember, Job went through pain. Uh, we have an example of Job just wrestling and having all these thoughts. And ultimately, God says, were you there when I created? Uh, were you, you know, Job, I want you to understand who God is and who you are. And that will help your thinking, that God's ways are not our ways. He's much more infinite than we are. Thanks, my brother. All right, I'll check that book out. Thank you. Here, here it is. It's uh, Introduction to Philosophy. Um, uh, Kevin looked it up for us. Introduction to Philosophy from a Christian Perspective. Norm Geisler. Um, okay, thank you. All right. Bye-bye. 
303-690-3000. Hey, we're, well, we're, we've got a little bit of time. Let me take this question. Um, somebody followed up with the um, conversation with Wani visiting. She says, wouldn't that be on the same lines of going to a gay marriage and put yourself in that situation? Um, I'm not sure what lines you're referring to, but that's another choice that will have to be made. Uh, whether and and I don't even like the phrase, and I don't think it's wise to use the phrase "gay marriage," because there is no such thing. By definition, marriage is one man, one woman, and one lifestyle. So they can that those that are participating in this behavior can call it marriage, but it's not. Uh, marriage is strictly defined by God, and the reason why marriage is strictly defined by God is because He created it. Now, whether to attend a ceremony like this again, is a decision of someone's personal conscience before God. Um, Someone's personal... Jesus was around sinners. He was around sinners' parties. Um, He was at a regular marriage where a lot of wine was flowing. There's a possibility there was a lot of drunk people there. Um, And without sharing in their sin. Um, But I don't believe I could be at such a ceremony. Um, I, without sharing in their sin. And just like calling someone, especially if they call it, come to our marriage ceremony. No, I won't. I can't. That It's not a marriage ceremony. Um, and they would, if there's a lack of respect, let's just say that someone did invite me. You're a pastor. You can come. Uh, obviously, we wouldn't, we wouldn't officiate it or anything like that. But to attend it, um, no. A marriage, it's not marriage. Um, and, well, you don't care. You don't love. that. No, that you're just, then you're narrowing you're very narrowly defining love on your terms. And love doesn't love is not defined by one person. It's defined by the relationship. And there's someone in, you know, you know, you think about the logic, and this is where sin breaks logic, right? Sin breaks logic. But the logic is come and respect me and honor me um, by attending my ceremony. This is a momentous day for me. Yeah, but you know it's wrong. You know I don't believe that. Yeah, but it's you would be showing me respect if you came. You would be honoring me in my friendship or my relationship. So so come, and my decision would be, no, I can't come. Well, how dare you? Who do you think you are? Well, we'll stop for a second. The very same respect that you are you are saying that you want from me, I'm now requesting from you. If I choose not to go there, let's let's agree on this one matter that we obviously disagree biblically uh, and and it's not going to change because sin is sin. It's not going to change. But there's a brokenness in logic because then people will get offended and hurt. Well, you didn't come. You didn't. Well, of course I didn't come. So respect, I, I respect that in me. Um, I didn't come to make a scene or I didn't come to be deceptive. You, you've invited me to do something and be deceptive. And so, so it's the, the, the question has to be addressed um, specifically and biblically, and if someone could attend that ceremony, um, man, that's between them and the Lord, uh, and that's not my business. I, I, my business is my business, and I believe that if you're calling it a gay marriage, you know that's not what it is. It's not possible. It doesn't exist. Um, that's not from the Lord. Richard, Commerce City, welcome to the program. We got about a minute left. Hey, Pastor Ed. Hey, Richard. So my wife and I led her best friend to the Lord this weekend. Yes. And That's she, awesome. We, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was a very exciting time, and also, you guys can pray that the uh, Lord may also use us more, because we have more family that live down there to bring them closer to 
to Christ or to Christ, either or. But my question is, is like, do you know of any churches or anyone, anyone that you would recommend down there? I do. There is a Calvary Chapel in Pueblo. Uh, they just actually went um, uh, through a pastor change, I heard. Um, and so I'm going to quickly look here and see if I can find our church recommend our church uh, recommendations on Grace FM. Uh, but if you do go to Grace FM, we have ch- we have uh, church recommendations. Um, and I just don't see the list, Kevin. I don't see it on the website. Do you? I'm just seeing asking Kevin here. I see programs, donate, grow, events, and home, but I don't see our church record. Here it is, family churches. Okay, it's right on the home page, and Pueblo is the name of it is Freedom Calvary, Freedom Calvary. Freedom Calvary. Okay. And they just got a new pastor, and um, so you can, um, it's right here, it's their website is cc, or freedomcalvary.org, freedomcalvary.org. Cool. All righty, thank you. God bless you, brother. God bless you, too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Such an encouragement uh, that you lead someone to the Lord, you find them, plug them into a church, uh, wherever you might be in your community. Um Find them a good Bible-based church. You know, we're obviously biased toward Calvary chapels. Uh, That's our family of churches. There's a lot of great churches in your community, but look for a Calvary first. I know that if you find one, you'll land well where they teach the Bible verse by verse. See you this weekend. Uh, Man, Christmas is around the corner. Look forward to being in fellowship with you. Go to our website, calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. God bless you guys. Have a great night in the Lord. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.